Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. Your host and his co-host are delighted to have you. This week, we'll be discussing... The Terminator? Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another exciting edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. We're sitting here on a rainy night on, what is it today? Saturday. Yes, listening to raindrops and sirens. And that's that's about it for the uh, for the mood. Are you quite the ambiance? <laughs> exactly. That's what you want for like, you know, this kind of movie, a horror movie. Although this week we will we will not necessarily be doing something horror related. We're kind of going against the rules, our show's own rules of doing horror. We're doing something that's a little bit tied in. The Terminator. Well, it's not your average horror show, so Yes, that opens the door for us to get away with a lot and bend the rules. Right. And pretty much a license to do what we want. So a little bit different than usual, I guess you could say, but there's some tie in because, you know, some of the stuff in that movie was there was lots of skulls, definitely. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of, of mean. <laughs> lots of uh, partially ripped off face. Yeah, that's true. Robots with their, you know, the outer coating of them being ripped <laughs> off. Cyborg, their cyborg coating gets ripped off. And uh, naked Schwarzenegger. That's scary, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so... How's it going then? How's your weekend? You mentioned you're a little bit tired and not to expect too much out of you in this podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Set your expectations very low for this one. Um, Good policy to live by. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, trying to tie up some last things before the trip. Um, yeah. We talked about your trip to Ireland a little bit last week. Yep. Having some pre-journey anxiety settle in. So uh, definitely. Impossible. Affects- Going to Ireland? What could there to be to worry about? <laughs> Driving on the opposite side of the road. Uh, yeah, you're renting a car. Driving off a cliff. Uh, That's pretty adventurous sorry. to rent a car over there. I wouldn't, I didn't even do that. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I see, it's pretty chill. Um, and maybe I talked about this last episode, but the uh, the Irish drivers are apparently a lot more oh, friendlier. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, those things considered, I uh, hope it's not too big of an ordeal. I guess not. <laughs> Welp. Good luck with that. Thank you. As they would say. <laughs> I could always turn the car around and be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. Might be a big waste of money, but you might be uh, preventing something serious from happening. Some disaster. <laughs> well, <laughs> preventing a disaster. And that's <laughs> something to feel good about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Terminator... So here's something a little unusual. We literally just both watched this movie. Usually, oftentimes when I've done this, like the movie might have been something I saw somewhat recently or, you know, we try and watch this as recently as possible before we do it. But yeah, there's that one time we both watched the movie on the same day. Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I watched this just last night and I have to say I was surprised myself because I don't think I ever watched this from start to finish. Really? Yeah. I don't, I guess somehow I'd seen bits and pieces. I know the first time I watched it was like actually on network TV. So a lot of stuff was oh. cut out. But it was kind of like one of those deals where I was, you know, it was a, a school night. I was probably like in eighth grade or something. Okay. Wait, as per a couple episodes ago, weren't you with our cousin Rick when you saw it? Well, that was Terminator 2. Oh, okay. We had gotten into the talking about the sequel a little bit, which would come right. out years later okay. in 1991. Oh. I believe I miss 
spoke on the year. It was, I said 1992 last time, but it was 91. Oh, somebody's coming after you. Yeah, before our, (laughs) what do they call that, an ombudsman that comes after you to uh, clarify mistakes and that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it was like one of those, it's, you know, it's like I wasn't really getting away with anything by watching it on NBC because like everything would be cut out. Mm. And so, you know, it wasn't one of those movies that I should have, I would have been able to watch, but because it's on TV, then it's it passes approval. <laughs> but anyway, the problem was like it was on too late. I wasn't able to like stay up, of course. And then uh, I saw like maybe half of it. And then years later, I would catch bits and pieces of it. And maybe sometime in college, I watched like another three quarters. Duh. And um, yeah, so I think there was like parts I saw like most of it three quarters in, and then the ending, but not like the part leading up to the end. I don't think I'd seen that. Uh, just smatterings of Terminator throughout the year. Yeah, so I never actually knew how Michael Bean had gotten <laughs> killed in the end. And uh, sad to say, like, it wasn't that... It was a rather unfortunate way that he died. He put the dynamite, that homemade dynamite he made, like, he shoved it between, like, the robot's ribs or something <laughs> once the thing was, like, you know, just a robot itself. And the whole thing just blew up and then he got hit by some flying robot part shrapnel right and does that not even kill him completely it did at that point like he'd managed to survive a lot of different things leading up to that right but um but didn't sarah connor finish him off with like oh with the robot itself yeah Yeah. she did okay but he just didn't make it to see that unfortunately yeah so starting this thing off it's uh an interesting way that it begins. Uh, it's you very see... artistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if everybody would appreciate this, but, you know, two <laughs> naked guys come through time, and that's pretty much the opening of the movie. <laughs> Arnold is... Uh, I would take it. Of course. <laughs> as usual, your favorite part. Um, Arnold is the first one you see. He comes through. There's a big, like, flash of light or something. There's people blinded by it, and then he's just, like, kneeling there. Like, this perfect bodybuilder pose i'm sure he was very proud of to show off his body you know as much as he could and then that's it it it's like what are you watching you know he's walking around naked not a care in the world but he's on a mission you can tell that and that's when he comes across those three uh what do you call them three uh, you know they're just like bratty high school kids or something punks that's the word i was looking for they got like the mohawks and the you know, tattoos on the face and, you know, neck, you know, chains and stuff like Your that. Your classic punk there. Yeah. Well, did you know that Bill Paxton was one of the guys? Uh, no. Yeah. The I guy from not. Twister. He was like one of the skinny. I, uh, I mean, I guess it's been a while since I've seen Twister. <laughs> right. Right. So he, um, he approaches those three guys and they're like, they see him coming and they're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> this guy looks like appropriate he's reaction. two cans short of a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up to them and he's like, I need your clothes. So well, he doesn't say it quite like that. I thought he did, but. I need your clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, yeah, that's typical Arnold voice there, right? Um, so at first they're like, yeah, whatever, get lost. And they pull out their knives and stuff. And then he, of course, you know, rips the knife out of their hand. And he, or I think actually Bill Paxton stabs him, doesn't even do a thing. Mm. And like he breaks their arm and then like tosses the guy aside. And the one guy, 
he just looks at him the one guy that's left standing he's mm-hmm. like your clothes <laughs> the guy's like okay okay and he takes everything off and hands it to him and that's one thing i was just saying this before we started like the terminator i noticed that about him last night is that he wasn't just out to kill anybody i mean mm-hmm. clearly yeah there's a lot of collateral damage that was involved in his in him chasing down sarah connor mm-hmm. and the other guy but um he was he gave people a chance though like the innocent people he gave them a chance to kind of like get out of his way or else the terminator was not completely heartless yes terminator with a conscience so if those guys <laughs> had just given him his clothes you know there wouldn't be a problem <laughs> um same thing that guy had towards the end of the movie where he gets into that big uh 18 wheeler he tells the guys the guy that's left in there he's like get out the guy <laughs> just jumps out of it you know before he takes off um, so that's, uh, yeah, that's how the beginning of the movie went. And then, um, he, he ends up, unfortunately, going through the phone book. You ever seen a phone book? I Do you know what those things are? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else would know. Like, why I'm would not, you have that? I'm not that young. <laughs> it's too bad, though. They don't have a phone book. We don't, we're not able to find people's numbers just publicly listed in their names. I, yeah, I guess, is that even... days. <laughs> Is that even legal anymore to post people's names next to their cell phone numbers and just uh, distribute that to anybody who wants to find it? Drop it off at their door. Yeah. That's how it used to be. The old carefree yeah. days. I remember you could... Um, and it had, their ad- it had their address too. Yeah, that's right. You could ask to be unlisted in the phone book. Though. Yeah. But you had to pay extra for that, I think. Did you? I believe so. You had to have a private number. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was, but it's just funny though that with cell phones, all that changed. Yeah. And you couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but uh, so he goes through the phone book. He finds a few Sarah Connors and he just goes, finds them and just kills everyone just to make sure he's gotten the right one. Mm-hmm. Makes and it, the news. <laughs> yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing is that like, you know, he goes through like all of them. And then the last one is the one he's looking for. So he kills every possible Sarah Connor that there that there is. Yeah. There was only like two or three from what i remember oh uh, yeah there was like three of them maybe <laughs> um and then yeah she learns about that but watching it on tv that's like one by one two other people with her name mm-hmm. had just gotten blasted by this guy which would be pretty terrifying that'd be pretty disturbing <laughs> yeah yeah maybe once which is what happened once it was like okay coincidence but the next yeah. one is just like oh shit what is going on here no, <laughs> yeah i want no part of that um, so she leaves wherever she was at and she ducks inside that, what was it? Like a, it was uh, like a nightclub. Yeah. Inside a nightclub. Mm-hmm. She's in there. And then that's when he stalks her into there. And also the, she has another stalker. Also, we forgot to mention Michael Bean. Oh, that's right. Who came through that same tra- time travel transportation the same way as Arnold did. Also nude. Yes, so that was the same way also. But there was one difference. He came through a little less dignified than Arnold did. Arnold was like, you know, just sitting there, just like perfectly kneeling and everything, like a bodybuilder pose. Michael Bean is kind of like just this skinny naked guy (laughs) in the middle of like an alley somewhere. There's garbage flying through the air. There's like bums sitting there looking at him. Less pomp involved in the ordeal. (laughs) Yep. He did not get the same kind of like uh, transportation experience i guess he got the economy class and he ends up taking a bum's pants i think the bum wasn't gonna fight back he was just like laying there (laughs) so that was kind of funny 
Um, but he was human, though, and Arnold was not. So that was part of the, you know, the whole more difficulty for him adjusting to all that, going through time, and then just getting his bearings. He clearly was disoriented, whereas Arnold was not. Yeah, that's a different kind of jet lag, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. So that was an interesting adventure. I mean, I it felt like in the beginning of the movie, it wasn't the greatest quality production. It's easy to say, but looking back on it 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it now. Of course, this movie was groundbreaking, um, but it's kind of like it was just like a comic book style. But as the movie went on, you kind of got used to that, I think. And I don't know, somehow I think maybe the movie looked better after it went on, after the first 15 minutes or so, when you saw these guys chasing each other. And I don't know, I just felt like the movie got into a groove, the editing looked better, and things looked a little more sleeker, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I think it had like a pretty good look to it, where it's kind of reminiscent of like Blade Runner, where it had that kind of like laser... (laughs) <laughs> kind of typical 80s aesthetic yeah um kind of gritty gritty um, it's a good word to describe it yeah yeah they came out pretty close together too those two movies and they were similar with cyborgs i guess were they cyborgs and blade runner um, they were something yeah. yeah they were some kind of rope yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was along those lines and i always thought those two directors are kind of similar ridley scott and james cameron Oddly enough, they go in that sequence in the Alien series. Ridley Scott directed the first Alien. James Cameron directed Aliens, for what that's worth. Right. (laughs) Well, that could be another potential (laughs) podcast. All right, right. Um, Yeah, but the action was good. It had a good pace to it. And um, I got to say, too, it's like I couldn't believe how fast the movie went. I remember just like turning it on and before I knew it, the thing was almost over. I'm like, wait a minute, how did it go by that fast? Now with that said, it's not necessarily a good thing because I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it just filled up that time with, I don't know, I'm trying to say like the content that the second one did. I thought when you're watching the second one, minute for minute, you were getting your money's worth out of that movie. The second one was just like so good. And I think it's kind of made this movie tread in its shadow a little bit just because it's one of those rare examples where the sequel outshines the original so much i know you haven't seen it yet Mm -hmm. which but even for a movie that came out in 1991 over 30 years ago now which is hard to believe (laughs) um yeah you're in for a real treat when you finally do get around to seeing that all right add it to the list put it on the list so the whole um dynamic with Michael Bean. I don't even know if that's how you say his name. It's like how is it B. Spelled? It's spelled B I E H N. I'm assuming something German, but Bien Bean. <laughs> I think it is Bean, though. He wasn't the most ho- pro- um, high-profile actor. He was in a couple of. He had a couple of good roles, though, like Navy Seals, and uh, oh, Aliens. He was one of the. He's one of the soldiers in Aliens too. So obviously, James Cameron had a thing for him, hmm. but. Yeah, not like the most prolific actor, I guess you would say. I feel like he kind of looked like our, our, our neighbor, Matt. Oh. <laughs> if you remember what he looked like from the movie. I got to conjure up his face in my my vague memory. What? 
Okay, sorry about that little distraction. That was not a car alarm. That was my phone ringing. And uh, yeah, I called 911, I think. So if we have to stop for an interruption by the cops, that was why. (laughs) The podcast that keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, literally. This thing was like vibrating on my ass. And I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute. That loud siren that's going on right in my pocket. Um, Okay, so uh, yeah. Michael Bean looks like our neighbor, Matt, old neighbor, former neighbor. Not exactly a compliment, but it is what it is. Oh, what if he's listening? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him about the podcast? No. I know you do talk I've kind of lost touch with him, so. Okay. If, well, I guess I can't do that. I was going to say, if he ever finds out of it, I'll edit that. But once it's out there, it's kind of out there. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. Um, putting the toothpaste back in the. Can't bottom. put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> Yeah, so Michael Bean, right. Um, yeah, I guess they had pretty good chemistry, like him and, what was her name, Linda Hamilton. Mm. Uh, you know, she's kind of like, he's telling her all this stuff. And if, obviously, he, she's not believing him. I mean, who the hell would? It just sounds so ridiculous coming back in time. But the more the movie goes on, the more she gets tracked down by the Terminator, the more she realizes, is like, yep, well, there's got to be some reason this stupid thing keeps coming at me. And there's got to be some reason that a whole police station full of 30 cops couldn't stop it. So maybe I do need to believe this guy. Maybe I am the leader of the future. It was all very, uh, a lot to take in, I guess you could say. And so that was like the beginning. Just just her processing all of that was kind of like the beginning of the whole development of her character. Her whole arc. Yep. Going from the flighty... What was she? She was a waitress mm-hmm. at a diner who couldn't get an order straight. She's trying to like figure out who ordered what with three people at a table while a little kid scoops ice cream into her pocket. <laughs> I always felt like that would be my experience as a waitress. <laughs> yeah. They did a good job, I think, of like giving any everybody's like worst nightmare, I think, of being any kind of waitstaff anywhere. <laughs> you have like one person asking this question, We're ready for our check, where's my coffee? And you screwed up my order, all coming from separate tables. That would be my greatest. Oh, and a kid, by the way, scooping ice cream into your pocket, too. Yep. I'm sure that's happened to somebody. Yeah. The funniest thing now, I'm thinking back on that. The other waitress walks up to her. She's just like, in 30 years, just think, people look back on this and who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to care. Oh, the irony. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So then, um, yeah, so the two of them, of course, after a while, they end up in a hotel room, and that is where the the John Connor, John Connor, leader of the future, I he guess. conceived. Yeah, exactly. In that tender sequence. <laughs> so here's the thing about that that I can't seem to figure out, and she even references this at the very end of the movie also, where she's in the Jeep where she's talking into that tape recorder because back then you didn't have a phone, a cell phone to record anything on. So we'd use like these archaic tape recorders. How did people survive? Exactly. And she's talking into it saying, should I record this? Should I somehow alert you in the future that you need to send somebody back to save me because that person is going to get killed in reference to Michael Bean? Oh, but, is this the whole um, kind of paradox that you were referencing at the end? Well, that's of... something. I'll get into that okay. in a few minutes. But her her description is just exactly what I was thinking also. It's just like, okay, 
this guy's going back in time to make sure that John Connor gets born. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's also the reason he does get born. Right. So it just would have made things a little more... It Things would have been a little more, I think, straightforward if either she had already been pregnant when he came back mm-hmm. or if... Um, I don't know. She'd already had a child and that child would have been the, and he has to protect her from that child getting killed. Well, that wouldn't have made it as romantic. I guess, but it just (laughs) makes it more confusing because he's sending himself back to make sure that he impregnates her to, but at the same time, it's just like, it sounds kind of psychotic. Actually, Well, the guys from the future though, see if the guys from the future, how that exactly what she says in the Jeep, you can drive yourself crazy thinking about this. That's exactly what she said. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Does it make sense to you? No. With time travel stuff, I just like take it at face value. I don't even attempt because it's like so absurdly impossible. The layers of. There's some space travel movies that do a good job of it, though. Uh, Back to the Future. I think that was very (laughs) clear cut. Even Back to the Future 2 where things got a little more more complicated. Mm -hmm. Where he has to go back and he has to avoid himself. Mm who's right. already gone back and he was gone back a second time. So he, yeah. has, he has to avoid himself twice pretty much. Like right. I thought that despite how insane it is, like it made sense to me. <laughs> and it was a hell of a plot, I have to say. <laughs> back to the Future 2. Perhaps another one to come on the podcast on Not Your Average Horror <laughs> Show. <laughs> well, that's really stepping outside of the uh, boundaries, but <laughs> you never know. Someday maybe we'll run out of material. But um, Impossible. Yeah. So all that with that relationship with Michael Bean and Linda Hamilton, there wasn't too much more I think I had to say and just like stuff I noticed about the movie. One thing I have written down here, which is kind of funny, when the Terminator gets burned up and then he's no longer the cyborg anymore. It's just like the robot frame of him Mm -hmm. that's just kind of running around and not even like run. It's more like staggering around because it's been so beat up through the movie. See, that was kind of scary when I watched it. Yeah, okay. It kind of like verged on like the uncanny valley that you hear about. The what? The uncanny valley. What's that? Um, It's like something familiar, but there's something that's kind of off about it that you just can't place where it's like it's a very like well-used horror trope where like somebody's smiling and they're smiling just a little bit too wide and there's something off about it you don't know what it is that's kind of what uncanny valley is okay not scientific terms somehow i missed i missed that uh, explanation (laughs) and there's a movie called smile very recent movie by the way that's just about people smiling they i don't know what it's about but it looks pretty stupid well yeah that sounds like uh well um shit <laughs> well shit <laughs> it sounds like a very um it fits the bill right something along those lines yes. yeah yeah so that that thing that was remaining after after he got burned up so what i was initially noticing like was when he got burned up in that fire that looked remarkably like halloween 2 i don't know what and halloween 2 came out before this yeah um, just seeing the flame, the way it was like cutting through his skin, like he's laying on the ground, just like Michael Myers was. Uh-huh. And um, 
you know, just like the whole the whole scene just looked exactly like that. And it's hard to believe like anybody would want to copy a horror movie like that. But mm-hmm. who knows? Especially that director, James Cameron, who's right. responsible for some of the most, you know, noteworthy movies or at least big money makers. I mean, he's had a couple flops himself, like his first debut in Piranha 2, The Spawning, <laughs> The Flying Killer Piranha, which I did see. I've seen that. That movie was made with $145,000. Wow. It's like, you can't even buy a good house for that much anymore. No. It's like, if you could make a movie for that, why <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely got a interesting portfolio of movies, you got to say. I mean, he's done The Aliens. He's done uh, Avatar. Avatar. Titanic. Yep. It's kind of all over the place. He doesn't really have like... Uh, a set style (laughs) yeah but that makes it i guess even more remarkable that he can be successful in different kinds of genres like that whether it is science fiction or horror or just act or the love story of titanic it's pretty crazy to think that the same person can make those that array of movies and be successful almost every time besides piranha 2 shout out to james cameron (laughs) Um, oh, and went to the bottom of the ocean. What's this? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. I I heard about that. That was yeah. just recently, like a couple of, a couple of years ago. No, it was like ten years ago. <laughs> oh, was it? It was a while ago. I was thinking it was like just 2020. He did it during COVID just for something to do. Um, gonna... <laughs> I know he had his own. I don't know what the point of it was. If it was just to do it for fun, or I thought it was part of a documentary. 2012. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I don't know why it sounded so recent to me. Just a couple years ago. You're right. But, um, oh, before I forget, my favorite scene in the movie of all of the Terminator wasn't like any kind of action sequence. It was when he was sitting in the hotel room, I think, dissecting his arm at <laughs> one point, kind of getting closer to the end. And the owner of the hotel walks by the room. And he's <laughs> like this really like sleazy looking guy. But not intimidating. And he knocks on the door. He's got like, I think he's smoking a cigar or something. And he's Mm -hmm. like, hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there or something? Because, you know, as a Terminator's skin is just like rotting. He's been shot himself so many times. Mm -hmm. And his skin is peeling away. So you can imagine it's starting to smell. And then do you remember remember this? It's like you see what he's seeing. And it's like this matrix in his head of different possible options. Mm-hmm. The movie does this a lot, this point of view where he's chasing somebody and he's kind of like evaluating the scene. A Google glass before his eyes. Yeah. And this and this scene was simply just him like choosing a response to the yeah. guy. Possible options. Number one, yes. Number two, <laughs> no. Number three, maybe. Number four, I don't know. Number five, go away. Number six, fuck you asshole <laughs> and he picks number six that was like so that was great i love that um the guy's just like uh okay and he just keeps on walking the guy that's outside the door that for the most part i think pretty much wraps up everything i wanted to say about the terminator did you have anything else um i think what struck me was before i watched it i just thought that like I'll be back was like his token. Oh yeah. Like trademark saying, but he only says it once in the entire movie. Oh, okay. You I thought was it was like, just did you think it was just going to be like, you know, one one liner after another of him just saying saying corny stuff like that? Yeah. 
really <laughs> <good>. <laughs> better than you thought huh <laughs> yeah. especially for a movie like that's i don't know what is it 40 almost 40 years now 84 it came out damn yeah it's unbelievable it was ahead of its time definitely i mean that thing was a groundbreaker um oh now i recall and thanks for bringing this up earlier a few podcasts ago, I did I did reference the Terminator. This is like one of the reasons why we even talked about this in the first place tonight. But a couple episodes back, I was talking about the end of the movie, about how the last time I had watched it, which was years ago, I was probably I don't know in either high school or college, maybe I'm not sure which. But it was probably that alone was probably 30 years ago, <laughs> the last time I had seen this part of the movie, and I'd seen it in in pieces like I was saying also but I knew there was something about the end of the movie that wasn't consistent Mm -hmm. or there was something that happened in the scene that didn't make sense so I looked for that as I was watching it last night I played the part where she's sitting in the jeep and then what happens is she pulls up the gas station at the very end of the movie I'm assuming obviously she's in Mexico I guess Mm -hmm. Um, an older Mexican man walks up to her she pulls out this English to Spanish translation book and says i guess something to the effect of can you fill up my gas tank and he just nods his head and walks away so a kid walks up to her takes her picture mm-hmm. and that becomes kind of like significant because that's the only picture that michael bean has of her in in the future mm-hmm. like to even find her and he memorizes like every part of her face and all that so um anyway when the kid takes the polaroid picture he says something in Spanish and obviously she has no clue what he's saying. So right at that moment, the older Mexican guy walks back and after the kid says that, she turns to the Mexican guy and says, what did he just say? And he's like, well, he's basically saying that he needs $5 for the picture. He's ashamed to ask, but if he doesn't get paid $5, his parents will beat him. (laughs) <laughs> something to the effect typical kid stuff right and so she's like ah good hustle kid i'll give you four dollars <laughs> now what's wrong with that whole sequence right there did you notice anything that's a little bit off oh no me and my two hours of sleep being put to work <laughs> <laughs> um she goes so she pulls up to the gas station she pulls out that translation book mm-hmm. and tells the older guy what she wants right. the guy walks away the kid comes up to her, talks in Spanish. The guy comes back and she says to the guy, can you translate that for me? Basically, <laughs> she, she pulled up there assuming that the older guy didn't know Spanish. So she used that book to speak to him. So uh, now once the kid also spoke Spanish to her, why now does she assume that guy's going to be able to translate it? Because... She spoke Spanish to him in the first place with her pocket guidebook. <laughs> I think I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, if you didn't think in the first place that the older guy knew Spanish, how is he going to be able to translate what the kids said later mm-hmm. on? You know what I'm saying? So I thought that it was something a little bit deeper. Like a couple of weeks ago, I thought I saw something a little bit deeper than that. And mm-hmm. even like... I didn't see it at first either. I had to rewind it a few times. I'm like, what did I find in this in this last scene that stuck out to me? And I it, it wasn't clicking for me either. And then after the third time, I was like, oh, okay. It's her talking Spanish to the, the guy. 
the next thing you know, she's wanting him to translate. So it's, it's like impressive pick that one or the other. Remembered there was some kind of glitch there after all these years. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is I thought it was something a little bit deeper than that, like a major <laughs> plot defect or a major a major plot flaw. But obviously it was just like a little bit of a of a um Oversight. misstep. Yeah. So that was that. Now your homework will be to watch Terminator Two. All right. While I'll, you're in Ireland, I'll make a point that to see while that. I'm in Ireland. Yeah. It definitely should take precedent over anything you'll see over there. It's just a bunch of rocks and shore and stuff like that. Rocks yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cliffs. Exactly. Some water. Right. Sheep. After two days it'll get old, so you'll be wanna watch <laughs> you'll wanna watch movies at that point. Yeah. I'll just crash back to the Airbnb. <laughs> <like>. Right. <laughs> Pull it up. All right. Well, with that said, um, thank you for listening. And as always, feel free to leave a comment. Um, go to the website, notyouraverageharrorshow.com, hyphen a podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. As always, today's episode was brought to you by a big endowment from the Alliance to Fight the Perception that Introverts are Stuck-Up Assholes. 